0: to uh, chapter one of Mark. Um, We've been looking at Mark for the last several weeks. The goal of the series is this, for everyone, everyone to fall deeper in love with the person of Jesus, the servant Savior Jesus, and from that closeness, that our desire will be to follow him more intimately, obey him more earnestly, and share him more passionately. This morning we're going to look at Mark chapter one, verses forty through forty-five, And hopefully get a glimpse of the compassion of Jesus uh, and the healing touch of Jesus and this invitation to follow him. Um, The title of the message is called, Are You Willing? So before we get into the text and into the message, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for this morning and we thank you for the opportunity you give us to come and to be encouraged, to see friends, to see our spiritual family, to connect to sing songs, to worship. And God, now we come to a time where we desire to hear from you and your spirit through your word. God, I pray that you would find us ready and willing to receive all that you want us to receive and then empower us, God, by your spirit, to live out and to do that which you show us. Would you take a minute and pray for the person in front of you or behind you? beside you that they would hear from the Lord this morning speak to us we pray in Jesus name amen remember last week Steve looked at uh, the verses uh, 29 through 39 and we saw uh Jesus has priorities and one of the things Steve brought out last week is that Jesus has a priority of people We see him go from the synagogue straight into the mother-in-law Home of Peter heal her all these people are coming to Jesus And so we realize really quickly that people are a priority for Jesus and then we look at verse 35 And it reads in the early morning while it was still dark Jesus got up left the house and went away to a secluded place and was praying there now I love this verse Because I love this time in the early morning. Anyone here an early morning person? That's why you're at the second service. (laughs) How many of you live with an early morning person and you're not an early morning person? Well, I love the early morning, I love the dark, I love my coffee. Birds aren't quite chirping yet, my, my morning. It's dark. It, it's almost like the, the morning is just pregnant with possibilities. And I think about that verse that says God's mercies are new every morning. I love the time. I love the stillness and the quiet. And I really just love being with Jesus during that time. It's a time, somebody said to me this week, it's a time to be reminded God... Today, I'm going to let you be God, and I'm going to be Matthew. And I don't want to get those things mixed up. Jesus was intentional because you and I both know that that time just doesn't happen. Jesus was intentional, verse 35 says, that he went away. Even though all the people were pressing around him, he went away to a secluded place and prayed. Dallas Willard says this, if you don't come away for a while, you will come apart after a while. So Jesus focused on people. He focused on prayer. And then Steve also let us know a little more about Jesus' purpose. Jesus came not to serve, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to seek and to save those who were lost, to call repent- sinners to repentance, to reconcile man and God together, to do the will of the Father. John 10.10, 10, to give life abundantly. And so Steve finished up last week chapter 1, verse 39, and this week we begin with John, uh, Mark, Mark chapter 1, verse 40. And we see Jesus moving about in Galilee, and as he's moving about, he comes across this leper. And we're going to pick up that story in verse 40. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through 45. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him and and he was cleansed. And he sternly warned him and immediately sent him away and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone but go show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he, the leper, went out and began to proclaim it freely to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city, but stayed on the out, uh, out in the unpopulated areas, and they were coming to him from everywhere. I want to begin by asking a question this morning, just kind of a backdrop question. And the question is this, what are you willing to do? In your relationship with Jesus, what are you willing to do? I want to give you a scenario to start with, a, a situation. H- how many of you have ever been around nasty kids? You know, there's those kids that are just, nasty. they play, they sweat, they get dirt on them. they got, like, candy or sticky, I, you're just nasty kids. Ever been around them? And maybe they look a little bit like this. Um, you know, you just know But that's not going to end well. There's nothing like a messy kid, right? Well, I remember about 10 years ago, our two boys were playing in the backyard, Rivers and Wells. Rivers was probably five. Wells was probably three. And they're playing, and they're dirty, and they're sweaty, and maybe they were even sticky with candy and whatever else. And while they were playing, Wells tripped, and he landed in a fire ant hill. And his left leg was completely covered with hundreds of bites of ants. He was sweaty. He was dirty. And he came running to us with the most sincere desire to find relief and be helped. Now remember, Wells was dirty and sweaty. And he had ant bites all over us. So what do you think we did? What do you think we were willing to do as parents? We said, go clean yourself up, and then you come over here, and we'll pick you up and take care of you. Of course, that's not what we did. We did what any parent would do. We picked him up. We didn't care what got on our clothes. We didn't care about the ant bites that we might could get. We wanted to hold him and comfort him and embrace him and let him know that everything was going to be okay. Wells, in that moment, in effect, came to us saying, I need somebody outside of me to fix me. I need somebody outside of me to clean me up. And as parents, in those times, no matter what is on the outside, we're always willing to make clean the best we can. And that is the picture of Jesus and this leper. Today, in a similar way, we see how Jesus responds to this leper. In these five verses, it is packed with content and application. In fact, too much that we can cover this morning. So I want to look at the two main characters, which is Jesus and the leper. I want to understand their interaction and their response to one another, and then application uh, for you and me. So the first one is this leper and his approach to Jesus. Verse 40 starts out and says, And a leper came to Jesus. This story of Jesus and the leper begins with these six words. A leper came to Jesus. It was a man who had leprosy, and he came to Jesus. Now, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, this word leprosy has a really broad term. They couldn't necessarily identify exactly what leprosy was, and so sometimes some the they just labeled a, a big area of diseases as leprosy. But we know from this account in Luke that this man was covered in leprosy, it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 12. That he was covered in leprosy. And it's a horrible disease, and I don't want to be too graphic, but I want to help us understand what this would have looked like, this scenario would have looked like. Leprosy generally begins with little specks on the eyelids, and then it moves to the hands, and then it spreads all over the body. It bleaches your hair white. It covers the skin with scales and boils and whelps, and it oozes. There's different kinds of leprosy that cause different kinds of things, and there's a leprosy that attacks the nerves. Now, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't feel comfortable showing images of this, but if you want to Google what this would have looked like, you can look up biblical... Pictures or images of leprosy, and you can find it. The picture of people looked frightening. They looked scary. And that was just what was happening on the outside, on the surface. On the inside, nerves, the leprosy would eat through nerves. And it would cause deformities, and loss of feeling, and loss of fingers, loss of toes, Because of the nerve damage, eventually, a leper would lose all feeling of touch. They can't feel anything. Now, that may not sound bad when you're, like, getting up in the middle of the night, and you go to the kitchen for something to drink, and you're going back to your bed, and you stub your toe. You wish you wouldn't have felt that. But for a leper to not have feeling was a horrible thing. Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey, several years ago, wrote a book called The Gift of Pain, Why We Hurt and What We Can Do About It. And Paul Brand was a world-renowned physician and surgeon. The book talks about his uh, humble upcoming upbringing. Uh, He was son of uh, medical missionaries. He did extensive work in leper colonies in India and even in the United States. And Paul Brand concludes that pain is one of God's greatest gifts to us. That pain, he says, is the body's built-in warning system that something is wrong and needs to be fixed. He explains that in this leper colony in India that many of the lepers were missing toes and fingers. And what happened was, is that they would uh, scrape themselves or bump themselves. And they wouldn't feel it. An infection would get in. And eventually it would deteriorate their body. Nobody... Nobody wanted to be near a leper. In fact, they were considered disgusting and repulsive. They didn't, of course, have good hygiene. There was a smell. I wanted you to get this picture. Kids would run away from them because of fear, parents would turn them away. Leprosy was a horrible disease, both on the outside and the in, in the interior, because they lived exiled, specifically in biblical times, in Leviticus, listen to what the leper had to do. As for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn and the hair of his head shall be uncovered. And he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean, he shall remain unclean. All the days during which he has the infection, he is unclean. He shall live alone, his dwelling shall be outside the camp. Not only was a leper experiencing horrible Physical deformities, but inside his heart, the exile, the loneliness, the shame. Not only that, lepers could not participate in any religious festivities. They couldn't come to the temple. They had to stay away, not only from the temple, but from society. And so a lot of times, the lepers not only felt cut off from society, but they cut off from God. God. So why am I asking you to connect with this leper? Because of his disease, he was not only suffering physically, but there was inside turmoil as well. He had, lost from a, had suffered from a loss of identity of who he was. In fact, everybody else was telling him who he was. And because of everybody else telling him who he was, it also dictated what he could do. And there was this loss of identity. There was this loss of acceptance. There was this loss of being included. There was this feeling of shame and rejection. And in fact, the leprosy not only affected the pain of his own heart, but it also affected his helplessness and hopelessness that he experienced. What was his future going to be like now that he was this or now that he was that? And I'm convinced that there are people here this morning who may not have leprosy of the skin and the body, but they may have leprosy of the heart, that there is a feeling of exile, of shame, of guilt, of distance. And there's a deep longing to be included and be cleaned. So in some ways, we can relate to the leper. This man not only suffered on the outside, but on the inside as well. One author said this, Our own leprosy begins to eat away at us, and it seems to have a way of making us into someone we're not, creating us in us a sense of hopelessness and a deep desire to wish things were different. I think it's important to note here that our most desperate need is not always our most obvious need. If people looked at the leper, they thought, man, if he could just get cleaned up on the outside, he'd be better. And sometimes we begin to buy into that in our society as well. If I just, if I just lived here, if I had this job, if, if this relationship was fixed, if everything on the outside was fixed, then it would be better. But the leper's deepest need was on the inside. Identity and security that came from the Lord that would last not only that day, but forever. And so this leper approaches Jesus. He hears that Jesus is coming through town. Maybe he heard about the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Maybe he heard about the others that were healed, or the evil spirit that was cast out in the synagogue. And whatever reason, this leper comes to Jesus. Now, there's a couple of points I want to make about this leper coming to Jesus. Notice that Jesus... The scripture says that the leper comes to Jesus, not Jesus goes to the leper. It's not because Jesus didn't want to go to him. But I wanted to show you two things. One is that there is a strong attractiveness to Jesus. And there is a bold willingness of the leper. Remember, the leper going to Jesus was a direct violation of the religious code. Anything a leper had touched was supposed to be unclean. In fact, he was supposed to shout, unclean! Oh, sorry, cover your mustache. Unclean! But the scripture says that the leper comes to Jesus. It was just like Penny and I welcoming Wells. And he comes to Jesus. And notice what he says he doesn't say, heal my disease. He says, make me clean. In other words, the leper wants his insides fixed, his heart fixed. The leper's disease is what caused the physical suffering, but it was his uncleanness that separated him from God's people and ultimately felt like he was cut off from God. And so the leper falls on his knees before Jesus and begs and pleads, if you're willing, make me clean. Three things I want to look at. The first thing is this. The leper knows that he cannot heal himself or make himself clean. He acknowledges that. In our society, in our culture today, we go against that. We think, I can do it on my own. I can make this better. I can be the fulfiller of the things that I want to fulfill in my life. But the leper knew, just like our son Wells, knew that he could not be fixed without somebody outside of himself fixing him. That there was a sense of humility. But there's a unique dynamic here between the leper and Jesus. There was this great sense of humility, but there was also this boldness. The leper displays this great amount of humility and boldness at the same time. And many times we think, well, oh, humility is contrary Or has a lack of boldness. Or that boldness is a lack of humility. But the opposite of boldness is arrogance. It would have been arrogant of the leper to say, I'm good, I don't need you Jesus, I can fix this on my own. But the leper says, I'm going to come to Jesus in humility, yet with boldness. And the leper came to Jesus, beseeching him. Now, we don't use that word beseech very much in our culture today. I really would love our boys. I beseech them to clean their room. What does that mean? It means I plead, I beg. It's the picture of the leper falling on his knees, longing. Asking with deep emotion. With fervency. came to Jesus beseeching him, falling on his knees before him. So there was a sense of humility, knowing that he couldn't fix himself, but yet at the same time there was a sense of boldness that I know you can. So the leper shows, secondly, that he has personal faith in Christ's power. Notice what he says, you can make me clean. Now this ver- th- these two words, you can, uh, in the Greek has this connotation uh, of power. In fact, it's the Greek word dunamai. It's where we get the word dynamite. It's dunamai, dynamite power. And so this leper comes in humility and boldness, and he says, Jesus, you have the dynamite power to fix me. On the outside and on the inside. And he doesn't just say it a blanket statement. He makes it personal. He says, you can fix me. Sometimes it's easy for us to think, well, I know God can do that for them, but there's no way He's going to do that for me. This leper made it personal. This due to my power. This same power it talks about in Acts 1.8 when it says, you will receive power from on high. It's this due to my dynamite power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us as a believer. And the leper came to Jesus saying, I know you have the power. The leper does not doubt the ability of the Lord to heal him what he doubts and questions is Jesus's willingness he says if you are willing you can make me clean so there is a third thing that we see here is that there is a submission to God's will he comes with humility and boldness he comes recognizing the power of Christ And yet, at the same time, there is a willingness to submit to the will of God. He says, if you will. This Greek word for if you will, there's a couple different Greek words for the word will here. This word here is an appeal to the emotion or appeal to the heart. It means that the leper was not just looking for a quick fix, but a connection and a relationship. If you're willing. He left His situation, after his humility and boldness, he left his situation into the hands of Jesus. And I just want to say that I've been with many people in being a pastor that have gone through hard times and prayed and pleaded for God to take away this disease or this hurt or that situation. I'm reminded of Paul in Scripture where he says, God, please, I have this thorn in my flesh. Please take it away. Please take it away. And at the end of the day, we have to be like the leper and trust that God can, but it's up to his will that we rest in the sovereign will of God. That's what we just sang about. God's answer to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Remember what Jesus said in the garden, not my will, but yours be done. And that's how the leper came. That was the posture of his heart. He came with humility. He came with boldness. He came understanding and recognizing the power of Christ. But at the end of the day, he said, if you're willing. And he submitted to the will of God. And so what was Jesus' response? Verse 41 says this, that Jesus moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Jesus granted this leper's request. It wasn't over a couple months. It wasn't over a couple years. It was immediately. Whenever you see the cleansing or the removal of leprosy in Scripture, it's always not necessarily about a healing but a cleansing because leprosy, in a lot of the cases, uh, was a connection to sin. And so Jesus was saying, you're cleansed. And some of the people started going, wait, how can he cleanse somebody? It reminds me of what's going to happen next week, so if you're ready to see next week in Mark, uh, Luke chapter... What book are we in? Mark. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, one of my favorite stories. The four guys bring the paralytic to the, to the, to the room. Dig a hole, put, Jesus, put the guy down there, puts him before Jesus. And what does Jesus say? Your sins are forgiven. It's a great story. You've got to come back next week. This healing of the leper... Of course, he was healed on the outside, but what he was searching for, what he was longing for, and Jesus knew his deepest need was the interior cleansing of his heart, to be restored into fellowship. And we read that Jesus was moved with compassion. Some of your translations say that he was moved with pity. The Greek word has uh, a lot of different connotations here. It could be moved that he was moved with anger even, but it's not anger at the leper, it's anger at the situation, that this is not how God and I created this to be. And there was this suffering, and it it moved him. A deep feeling. A general definition of compassion is sympathy and concern for the suffering of others and a desire to alleviate such suffering. Jesus was not only aware of the suffering, he wanted to do something about it. He was willing. It means to feel with depth. How many of you are in the mood for a Greek lesson? Thanks, John. This Greek word for compassion in the New Testament is this word splagnesomai. You want to say that? Splagnesomai. That was a good try. Splagnesomai means from the depth. In fact, it's translated as bowels, the gut. And so Jesus being moved from his gut, from the deepest place, he's moved deeply with compassion to alleviate the discomfort and disease of this leper. I want to parallel that. Do you believe today that Jesus can still be moved by compassion, this deep gut movement towards you and where you are today? There's something else in this story that I want you to notice. Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and he touched him. He touched him. Get this picture in your mind. When is the last time you think this leper has been touched? Jesus could have said, hey, you're, 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 you're good. But he stretches out his hand and he touches him. To touch somebody with leprosy, that was the last thing any Jew would want you to do. Because then you would become unclean. Leprosy was the worst. Get this picture of what I described as this leper and Jesus touching him. The connotation is this move compassion and also embracing him. With all his stuff. My family is a pretty touchy, feel, huggy family. We hug, we kiss. Grace has been described as a huggy, hopefully not kissy, but huggy family here. Can you imagine? What it's, we got a little bit of that during COVID. Like We, we just wanted to get back together and, and hug each other and be together. This man had not been hugged or touched in forever and a long time. And Jesus touched him. it was personal. Why did he touch him? Watch this. In the Old Testament law, the only person that could touch a leper was the high priest. By Jesus using this example of touching the leper, it proves and shows to us that Jesus is our high priest. So what is this high priest, Hebrews 7, 26-28? He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once and for all. He offered himself as a sacrifice for the people's sins. The law-appointed high priest, who were limited by human weaknesses, but after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath, and his son has been made perfect high priest forever. That means Jesus, our high priest, can touch us today. That we don't have to get cleaned up first. It reminds me of 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God that we're cleansed because of Christ's work. The lepers healed immediately. And Jesus gives them this in verse 44. Jesus sternly warned him and immediately sent him away. This word in the Greek, this word, uh, this stern warning. The, the literal translation in the Greek, this picture, to snort like a horse. Anybody ever seen anybody snort like a horse sternly? Maybe your spouse. We see Jesus' emotions switch from moved with compassion to stern, snorting warning. And what was the warning? Don't tell anybody. Go to the temple, get ceremonial cleaned, but don't tell anybody. Don't say anything. Verse 45. But he, the leper, began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around. The Greek translation here is publish it, proclaim it, and continue to do so. I actually wanted to title the message, The Leper Who Couldn't Keep His Mouth Shut, but but I didn't. This leper had, in humility and boldness, come to Jesus, received the power that he knew he had, been healed and cleansed, and then immediately disobeyed. Isn't that crazy? That someone would be healed and clean, given life, restored, and then disobey the one who made all that possible? Who does that? Me. It was as if the leper said, Jesus, thanks for all this, and I appreciate that suggestion. And maybe I'll think about it while I'm telling everybody about what you've done for me, even though you told me not to. Don't we do the same thing? What the leper thought would be a help for himself and maybe even a help for Jesus actually became a hindrance for Jesus. If you'll notice, scholars point out very quickly that you don't see Jesus in the synagogues very much anymore. In fact, verse 45 says that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city. And here's the truth that we can take away. Our disobedience to Christ's commands... Our disobedience to Christ's commands will limit his work in our lives and in the lives of others. So, a couple of application things for us before we close. Belief in Christ must be personal, and so we must identify with the leper. There has to be an acknowledgement on our part to know I can't fix myself. I need someone outside of myself to fix me. That there's an acknowledgment to that. That it's personal. And I'm I'm pretty sure nobody here this morning has leprosy of their bodies but maybe in their hearts. Maybe they've lost feeling of hope. They feel helpless. They feel ostracized. They feel shame. They feel guilt. They feel like they want to be accepted, and they're not. They want a new identity, not as a leper, but as a child of God. That transformation begins with the combination of humility and boldness. Humility to know we can't fix it, and boldness to come to God and say, fix me. The second thing I want us to look at is do we believe that Jesus is willing and able to meet and heal you? Matthew Henry says this, great commentator and scholar said this. Oftentimes, our misery makes us candidates for his mercy. Can you imagine the life of this leper waking up that morning, feeling ostracized, full of disease? full of shame, exiled, and going to bed that night in the community, restored. That same thing can happen this morning. We find great hope and courage from this passage that Jesus still wants to display his compassion and his cleansing, healing power. We took kids to Windy Gap um, when I was doing youth ministry. We sang this song There's a song we sing at Youth Group as well. It says this, all this pain. I wonder if I'll ever find my way. I wonder if my life could really change at all. All this earth, could all that is lost ever be found? Could a garden come up from all this ground at all? The chorus says, you make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of the dust. You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of us jesus can take our leprosy and make it beautiful are you and i willing to come in humility and boldness realizing we have nothing to offer and no solution of our own and that jesus alone is the one with the power and the solution wells and i were at dinner last night and he said it's not about what you do and i said no it's about what all jesus has done Jesus was willing are you the last thing I want to leave us with is this disobedience to Christ even from the purest motives leads to hampering and hindering the work of Christ it's amazing to me that in my own life that the one who set me free and restored my life and given me life abundantly like we talked about is the very one that I'll disobey but I'm thankful for 1 John 1 9 that if we confess our sins He is faithful and just to what? Cleanse our sins from all unrighteousness. Is there disobedience in my life that is not allowing the full work of Christ to be displayed in me and others? Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this passage. I thank you for this scene and this scenario. I thank you for the picture that we get to see. And we don't see it from a distance. We see it in us so God I pray this morning if there's anyone here this morning that is feeling like an outcast that needs a new identity that that feels broken shameful may they with humility and boldness come to you this morning and receive your healing and cleansing God I pray for the rest of us here this morning forgive us for walking away from the very one who made us free Forgive us for our disobedience. God, I pray that you would restore us, you would fill us with your dunamai, your dynamite power, that we may live in the fullness and become more and more like Jesus. And we trust you with that result. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.